your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support because you listeners are why we record. On tonight's podcast, I had a couple of things I wanted to discuss. I wanted to continue our top current NHL performers right now, focusing mostly on rookies, and then later on in this episode talk about some NHL rookies that might be good call-up options for the Jets, some guys who are, are certainly in the pipelines, and honestly with the Jets kind of uh, where they are right now, which they've got some notable absences. There are actually quite a few spots for players to step in. And speaking of absences, I briefly wanted to touch on some of the current absences that we're dealing with. You already know about Blake Wheeler and some of the other guys, but just over the past couple of days, we've had a number of players placed into COVID protocol, including Nikolai Ehlers, Nathan Beaulieu, Vinny Heinola, Logan Stanley, and Christian Reichel. A couple of those guys aren't really playing, but, uh, you know, Stanley, Beaulieu, Reichel, Ehlers, of course, um, these these guys have actually been featured pretty recently or have very prominent starting roles. You can tell which ones are the most important guys, obviously. But all of this is to say it's not a great sign for the Jets to have so many players starting to get into protocol. Now, I think you actually don't have to have all that long of a period for positive testing and negative testing before you're actually allowed to come out of it. But until that time, uh, you know, the Jets are going to have to make do and probably work around some roster stuff. And we'll talk about which players I think could step up and which ones might deserve a call-up here pretty soon, especially if the Jets have some notable absences on the back end. Before focusing on the Jets, though, let us take a look at the league and some of the top rookie performers this year. Um, You know, we're only like 35 or 40 games through the season, a little bit under 40 for most teams. But, you know, we're already starting to see a couple of trophy titles uh, really in contention, a couple of really good awards races. Um... And, you know, for the rookies in the Calder, this year's crop is looking fantastic. Uh, Currently leading the pack right now, and who I think should be the number one selection, will be Lucas Raymond. I think he's the Calder favorite. This year, he's really come into this league, hit the ground running, and he already has 30 points. For a young player uh, of his caliber to really just step into an NHL lineup, especially one that is as limited as the Red Wings are, and just start racking up points left and right, while also driving play and being a general positive influence on the ice, it's truly tremendous. And I think Raymond, he really seems like a superstar talent. And so, uh, you know, we already knew that his potential and his hardworking ethic and certainly his his incredible offensive skill might translate here in the next couple of years. But I don't think anyone saw him hitting the ground this fast. I mean, he's he's not even just running. He's full-on marathon sprinting through the league. And so it'll be interesting to see where his career goes from here. If you already have such a strong start, 
you would expect that you can only climb from this point, and his rapid ascendance definitely seems to suggest he is on track for a very, very prolific NHL career. Behind him, though, is another guy who might really be giving him a run for his money, and that is Trevor Zegras. Zegras is with the Ducks right now and has been one of their most exciting young talents. Um, in some ways, you know, he kind of reminds me of, like, the Ducks version of Evgeny Kuznetsov. He has that extra layer of offensive technical skill and skating ability that allows him to do stuff you don't really see many players attempting. Uh, I think one of the most notable ones, was it like an assist or something where he did it from behind the net and it was a crazy, crazy move that uh, John Tortorella kind of kind of wasn't happy about on a commentating segment and he sort of lambasted the whole play, but it's the sort of stuff that I think is going to be a really fun part of Trevor's game. I don't know about his overall play driving ability and how much he is, uh, you know, working at both ends of the ice for the Ducks. I don't know that it really matters right now. Anaheim's in a pretty good spot. Zegers is racking up points and scoring very pretty goals. And so I think for his first NHL season, it's already a success. And like Raymond, he's just going to only improve from here. So I would expect him to also have a very long NHL career. And it seems like Anaheim really hit it out of the park on this pick. The third guy that we're going to talk about real briefly, I think is a, a name not many people have paid attention to, and honestly, this guy, when he was drafted, I thought he might have been overdrafted, and maybe he was, maybe there were still some choices that could have gone over him, but Moritz Seider has quietly racked up 23 points this season as a rookie young blue liner for the Red Wings. Now, you know, Seider, when I saw him like the first time getting drafted and some of his uh, highlight reel stuff... I didn't see a particularly dynamic high-end attacking defender with, you know, incredible offensive instincts and stuff. It seemed like he might be good at being a two-way transitional D, and he definitely had puck-moving ability, but the stuff that he's accomplished at the NHL level looks remarkably polished. It seems like he's added another layer of skill to his game, and he's just taken a big step in his career to the point where it seems like he can be a top-four minutes-munching kind of guy who can also chip in offensively, help you out on the power play, be an all-situation sort of expert, and, and just generally be a pest on the back end. I, I saw the other day he had some sort of highlight reel uh, dangle transition skating move where he uh, did some stick handling, kind of did a body feint, and sort of weaved his way through some traffic, and just did it very casually. But the individual skill that he exhibited to lead a breakout and start it from his own defensive zone to you know create a nice zone clearance, uh, a great zone exit, and then lead a breakout, that's incredible skill. And maybe there's a lot more to Sider's game than people expected. Uh, it seems like he's already on track to have a monster rookie season. You know, you look at his uh, defensive scoring as a young player, one of the youngest defenders out there, and he's only trailing a couple of guys on that top 10 list for defender scoring. You know, Seth Jones, Quinn Hughes, Morgan Riley, all guys who have been around for years. Sider might start to push into that conversation as one of the top young D out there over the next couple of years. But for his rookie season, a very strong showing so far. Probably not good enough to be like a Calder favorite, but he'll certainly be in the running for a finalist. We'll take a look at the rest of the list of the top performing rookies in just a little bit and see if any of these young skaters are, you know, looking at an outside shot or if they're really doing well enough, but probably not in the Calder conversation. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about Built Bars and why they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. 
They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are continuing tonight's episode with some more thoughts on some of the young rookies that are currently taking over the league and which of them could conceivably challenge Lucas Raymond for, in my mind, the uh, the Calder Trophy. We've already talked about Trevor Zegers and Maurice Sider. These other players to me have a much more distant shot at the trophy, but are certainly very talented and for the most part are likely to have very long NHL careers. But the first one that we're going to talk about is a little bit of an unusual name. This guy is Tanner Janot, and I don't know if Janot was a player in the Milwaukee ad system or not, or if the Preds have brought him from somewhere else. But Tanner has seemingly found a way to produce on a Preds team that is very hit or miss. I, I tend to find Nashville is a strange team. At times, they look very strong defensively, and they've got pretty good goaltending, but like their offense isn't great. Other times, it's the inverse, and you have uh, you know pretty pretty good offensive scoring, but really poor goaltending and defending. So they're a strange team that I think is good, but I'm not really sure. I, I'm not really fond of John Hines hockey. In the past, I've thought he was very much a, a more conservatively-minded coach with um, not a lot of aggression and a reliance on very strong defensive structure at the cost of, you know, attacking hockey, which for me, I don't really enjoy watching that. All that said, Janot has really put on a show this season, racking up 22 points, which for a a 24-year-old rookie probably doesn't sound super impressive, but you have to understand this for a guy who finally is making his NHL debut and is starting to get a real shot at this level has to be super exciting, and it's pretty darn good performance so far. It's not going to rock anyone's socks off, and I think it's kind of in that category of a guy who probably should have made it at this level before, but, you know, he's a little bit of a late bloomer, and so for the Preds, it's found money. In terms of the Calder race, though, probably not really a favorite for the trophy. Um, Behind him is Anton Lundell, and Lundell for the Panthers has been pretty darn great. Lundell, for me, I, I would have loved to have seen him wearing a Jets uniform. I believe that was, of course, the draft that we got for Fetty. And at the time, I'm sure Lundell kind of looked like the more NHL-ready prospect, and I'm sure the Panthers were thrilled to get him. I still think Cole's ceiling is actually higher, and I don't really know how much higher, but it's definitely, in my mind, at least by a pretty fair margin. I think Cole, you know, he's just a special, special talent. And I think Lundell is, too, in his own right. He's a, you know, a really reliable two-way center who's also got some pretty good scoring prowess and has added some really nice offensive elements to his game over the past couple of years as he's been developing. But, you know, for the Panthers, he's already got 20 points. And for a team that has quite a bit of forward depth already, you plug him into your top six as he starts to mature. And, I mean, that team just looks absolutely lethal with Barkov and Lundell manning your top two lines. 
I don't think he's going to end up catching up to Raymond this season, but in terms of his overall impact on the ice and the development of his game, there's a lot to like with the young rookie. I think he's got a very bright future, and if he continues to mature and play the game responsibly the way that he has shown in the past with uh, you know the Finnish teams he's been on, Lindell's going to be a dominant forward. I think he's got a bright future. He's already showing off some great moves and some excellent skill alongside that really hard work ethic. It's hard not to like his game, and I think he's got plenty of potential to eventually be somebody who could anchor a first line. After him is a guy that I didn't really expect to see here. Uh, you know, when I saw his name on the list, I was kind of like, really? And that's Michael Bunting. Bunting has been around for a while now. Um, I'm pretty sure he was with the Yotes system at one point, and I don't know if he got traded a while back or something, and I just never really caught on. But Bunting... I didn't really expect to see him racking up 20 points so far, but maybe with how good that team is, he just finally found a system that he fits, really aggressive hockey with great offensive zone possession, and maybe he has the right tool sets. I haven't really gotten to watch him personally, but it just seems like whatever is going on with the, the Maple Leafs, he is clicking. I think that team in general is a great fit for a lot of forwards who have um, maybe one-sided skill sets that tend to favor offensive zone possessions and a lot of really rapid cycles and stuff maybe hockey that's a little bit more simple you know fundamentally um, based on counters and really fast attacks towards the slot and then you work in those overlaps with the incredible skill that you have at the top of Toronto's roster and Bunting has a very good place to kind of fit in and provide supplementary offense again not a player that I would be looking as like a Calder kind of player but certainly uh, you know for the Maple Leafs I'm sure that they're thrilled to have him Behind him, though, these are where you start seeing some more younger prospects who are still kind of coming to grips with the NHL, but have already put up pretty darn impressive numbers given, you know, their level of performance and, and the teams that they're with. You've got Dawson Mercer sitting there with 20 points, and while Mercer has apparently hit a little bit of a wall over the past couple of weeks, overall, his start to his NHL career has been excellent. He's definitely made a lot of opportunities for himself with his performance on the ice, whether it's his goal-scoring ability or his creativity on the puck. Mercer, I know, when he was coming into uh, the draft year, had a decent amount of hype, but I don't know that he was considered as electrifying as some of the top-end guys who were chosen, and yet Mercer already has more points than Cole Perfetti, in part because the opportunity was granted to him, and he finally got to produce. You know, with the Jets, I, I think that they view their roster as being more stacked than it is, and so Perfetti isn't really going to get many opportunities to excel, and we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show and why I feel like that's actually a mistake. But the last couple of players we're going to talk about are Drysdale, Jarvis, and Dahlin. They have 16, 15, and 14 points respectively. Dahlin is probably the one that's going to stand out for folks because he was at one point a, a Canucks prospect that just sort of wasn't really comfortable in North America, and it took a lot of patience from both the Canucks and the Sharks to finally get him back overseas back to, you know, a, a familiar place after having spent some time back in his home with, uh, I think, I actually don't remember, it might have been Tim Timra is how, how you pronounce it. He was playing in Osvenskan for a while, and then he's finally back here in North America, and he's putting up pretty decent numbers as a young rookie, 14 points in the NHL already. I think he might have had a couple of games last year, I don't recall, but he's always a good story of a guy that you just didn't give up on and you just sort of let kind of work out some of his anxieties, some of his stress, help him develop on the track that makes the most sense. It seems like San Jose is very good at that and being patient with young prospects, especially guys that they feel have a lot of talent, but maybe just need some other support. And Dolan has really hit the ground running and feels like he's finding his footing. So 
I think that's a great story, and hopefully more teams kind of learn from that and how they can support some of their young talent with a lot of off-ice stuff. All in all, not a bad Calder class for contention, even if it does seem like it is Raymond's trophy to lose, you know, unless Zegris has another hot streak and kind of outdoes him. I, I think Lucas has, has pretty much got this one so far. Speaking of young talents, I thought it'd now be time to talk about the Jets and who we might see suiting up for Winnipeg over the next couple of weeks. Before then, though, I wanted to talk to all of you beard havers about Primal Origins oils and why they should be your number one choice for all of your beard care needs. Got beard? Get Primal. You heard me right. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with a product. Primal Origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. Their products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes all the bombs, oils, and whipped butter your beard needs to feel the best around. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. Be sure to check out their combo kits that make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Most companies try to focus on fragrance first, and that leads to a product that doesn't feel great on your skin. Primal Origin Oils took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure a product that feels great and still smells fantastic. We know that every company out there claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel and beard to the other companies you've used. We promise you'll see and feel the difference. Remember the code LOCKEDON that gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off. Go to PrimalOriginsOils.com today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We're closing out tonight's discussion on young rookies thinking about some guys who might make an impact for the Jets. We've already got Cole Perfetti, but thus far, I don't think he's really had enough games to have a tangible effect. Although on the shifts that he has had, I've been very impressed with him. I think he's got a mature approach. His passing and vision look great. His mobility is not that big of an issue, and it seems like he's very good at finding opportunities around the slot. So, all the stuff we kind of expected with him, it looks like we're getting. Aside from that, though, the Jets may have to make a couple of moves on the back end. I could see Dylan Sandberg or Jonathan Kovacevic getting a look. Maybe at an extreme stretch, Leon Gavanki gets a game somewhere, but I would imagine that Sandberg and Kovacevic are probably the first two names that they would look at. I'm, I'm thinking about the number of like COVID protocol guys and thinking this defense as is definitely needs another warm body. Sandberg would be an interesting one because for some reason... He hasn't been given a real shot yet, which not sure I agree with that. You know, I, I think Sandberg might not have the most exciting game and maybe his shooting percentage looks pretty low. But when you look at the, the mobility of the back end and specifically the lack of it at times, I think Sandberg might have the gritty two way game that, you know, NHL coaches really love. He's big. He's, you know, strong and physical, but he also has enough puck moving ability to be somebody that can add a bit more mobility, a bit more awareness, some more offensive jump. All the stuff the Jets don't really have a great supply of on the back end. Uh, and, and if you think about Kovacevic, I think he's got some of the similar traits. Uh, you know, definitely a, a notable goal scorer for the Moose. He's been very offensively active at all situations. I think he might be a solid third pairing guy, maybe like a Tucker Pullman kind of replacement. But, you know, more than that, probably not. Sandberg is the guy that I would think potentially has second pairing ability at some point if he continues on his trajectory. But you know, with the injury that he's had over the past season or so, and the lack of games here and there, it's hard to say where he is right now. And so I kind of want to see what he does in his NHL debut if he were to make it, say, on this road trip. We'll get a better sense of what the rosters look like over the next couple of days as the Jets move players up and down to the taxi squad off of it. 
yada yada yada. They're doing some cap saving stuff right now, so you'll see some funkiness like Perfetti getting reassigned, but I'm sure that he'll actually be available for the Jets uh, come Thursday. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in and maybe even somewhere in the top six. If there's one thing I do think Dave Lowry has somewhat of a better handle on, it does seem like when it comes to a guy like Perfetti, he's not going to just staple him to the fourth line the whole night. I do wonder if, you know, Perfetti's going to be given the chance to blossom with some really good skill. If he does, watch out. I think he could be one of the missing pieces for this Jets top six. But until that point, we're just going to have to let him grow and see what he does. Hopefully enjoy as many games as we can with him. But uh, for now, that is actually going to do it for our thoughts. I'd be curious to know who you want to see get a shot with this Jets team. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. And as always, thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!